live A-C-U. from the ACU of Texas Studios. This is the Clear Lake Today Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Modern Feminine Conversation. I'm Amy Granat, your host, founder of Strong Soft Wild Programs for Feminine Embodiment. So glad to be with you here today. I have a really good show as we are going to deep dive a bit into feminine energy today. So for those of you that are new to the show, a lot of what I talk about is masculine feminine energy and what those are, because there's a lot of confusion around them. Um how they kind of play out in our lives, how we kind of see them in relationships and, and, you know, kind of the development of them. So today I'm going to really be talking about development of feminine energy, kind of like from the undeveloped point to the more healthy, mature point and kind of everything in between. And the reason I want to talk about this is for you to kind of get an insight into areas of your own life where there's maybe some um, underdeveloped areas um, and how you can progress yourself into a more mature state. Now, there's no judgment around wherever you are. We've all been in all of these stages, I absolutely guarantee you. And I'll probably give you some examples of how I've been in multiple, um, many of these different stages and my progression to becoming where I am today and the work that I still have to do. But understanding um, the development of feminine energy and where you're at can really kind of show you how things are playing out in your life right now. So where there's some strengths, where there's some weaknesses, and where there's some imbalances going on, and how you can kind of bring those back to a center point. So feminine and masculine energy are, they're just energies. Everybody, it's like yin yang. Okay. Everybody has both. So it's not gender specific. Everybody has both of those energies. Men do tend to be more masculine dominant. Women tend to be more feminine dominant. There are some of course that are flip-flopped and then there's a percentage that are actually more neutral. So they are kind of like 50, 50. Then there's a spectrum. So even if you're masculine dominant, there's going to be a spectrum of where you lie there. You're not necessarily, you're not going to be a hundred percent. You're going to be somewhere along the lines from like the 50 to 100. And then your feminine of course will be on the other side. So everybody has both of these energies. So I'm going to just give you a very quick rundown of what those energies are before I dive into the feminine. So that's what we're going to be focusing on today. So masculine energy, we can think of as the doing action-oriented thinking energy. The feminine energy is more of the being, the intuitive energy. So on the masculine side, some of the traits are, and again, everybody has both of these. So I'm not just talking about men. I'm talking about men and women. This is just that specific energy. So the masculine energy is going to be your leadership energy, your focus, your ambition, drive, space holding, um, those types of things. You're thinking logic and reason. On the feminine side, it's intuition, it's wisdom, it's nurture, it's emotive, it's ebb and flow. There's a fluidness to it. Whereas the masculine, there's a stillness to it. So those are the two different types of energies. And again, that's a very, very fast explanation of them because I want to make sure we have enough time to go into um, the development of the feminine energy today. So those are those two energies and a lot of what we talk about here on the show. So the feminine energy is such an interesting, it's an interesting topic because it's largely been suppressed, repressed, oppressed, um, all of those words. Not necessarily to harm in some ways, yes, absolutely, and we've seen that. Um, a lot of ways as a misunderstanding and culturally today we tend to think that the masculine energies so logic reason focus ambition drive that those are the more prized 
ways of being and the feminine, the emotive, the intuition, the wisdom. We tend to think of those as a weaker type of energy, but they're in fact very, very powerful. And when you combine the two together, it's just, it's a level of empowerment that's difficult to explain because it's something that you really have to embody. So part of what we're doing here is learning how to embody these energies, what it feels like inside and how we're operating from them. So the feminine energy has been kind of largely dismissed. That's maybe an even better word. It's been dismissed or pushed down in favor of the other ways of being. So what we're seeing now is kind of a reclamation and a rising of the feminine energy. This is not to take over the masculine and be in a position of power and control. This is to bring cohesion and balance and co-creation. Okay. So this isn't about like we hear the term, you may hear the term, the patriarchy, the patriarchy is the ruling energy at this time. Well, we are not wanting to flip over to a matriarchy. That's still very out of balance and creates a lot of toxicity. And I'm going to talk about the toxic mask or the top toxic feminine today also. So that creates a lot of toxicity. So we don't want that either. We want balance. We want ebb and flow. And there's going to be certain areas and certain things that are going on where the masculine needs to rise. And there's going to be certain places that the feminine needs to rise where the masculine is a support. And then the other side where the feminine is the support. So you see there's ebb and flow to this. It's not one or the other. It is both and both and they are both important and both need to be in balance together in the way that they're meant to be and again that's not always going to be 50 50 there's going to be a range there there's going to be a spectrum based on which energy needs to come up for whatever it is that's going on so for instance if you're kind of if you're thinking through a project you know there's going to be there's going to be times where you need to kind of sit with it i mean anyone who's ever created something the creative process is also a feminine energy so creation is feminine so there's going to be time where you're going to be sitting and just being with that project and letting kind of whatever come up that's your intuition by the way kind of letting ideas and inspiration come up and then once the ideas and inspiration comes up then you start taking action so that's the masculine so you can see the ebb and the flow there and how they are both actually very critical to accomplishing even just a little task but they're also going to be critical in relationship so today as we kind of move into the feminine energy side i want to kind of discuss the undeveloped side the toxic side and then the mature side and as i discuss this today what i really want you to do is if you're in a place where you can just sit and l- sit and allow this information to come into you without any judgment. So not judging yourself like, oh my gosh, I'm undeveloped here or I need to really, it's not about judging yourself. It's just noticing. It's becoming aware. That's the first steps to really making any kind of shift or, adju- or adjustment in how you're being in the world. It's, it's just awareness, becoming aware without judging yourself. That's a really critical component to it because when you get into that judgment and that shame side, you can't you can't adjust forward you can't you can't grow from there so we want to kind of acknowledge if there's judgment and shame there but then we want to look and say okay I acknowledge that it's there however I know that I can go to xyz that's where that's where my vision is that's where I'm going and I'm going to take you through a little exercise towards the end of the show today to kind of help you with that process so let's kind of dive into these different areas 
So feminine energy, when it is undeveloped, some of the things that you might see is being a doormat, the dam- kind of the doormat or the damsel in distress. So you let people walk all over you. You're not able to speak up for yourself. Um, an inability to receive. Receiving is a feminine energy. Giving is masculine. Receiving is feminine. And I can tell you just for myself personally and most women that I know, we have a hard time receiving because we're told to give, give, give all the time. The other one is living in fantasies. So we're, we are living in this other world of how it could be, or maybe you're, you're waiting for your prince to come and save you and come up on his white horse and, you know, sweep you off you, off your feet and save you. And the, the dysfunction really for me in the fairy tale land that we've been kind of told since we were little girls that this is how it is where the damsel in distress the prince comes and saves us and then we're off you know into the future from there and it's actually a disservice to us and it's a disservice to men as well I'm not going to go into that today because that's literally a whole other show so I won't talk about that in depth today but as you can see and maybe hear for yourself areas where you're maybe seeing some places where you're not fully developed in your feminine. And again, this is without judgment. We've all been there. I have been in all of these places. I've been in fantasy land. I have been in the give mode instead of the receive mode. And I've absolutely also been the doormat where I was not speaking up for myself, not saying clearly what my needs and wants and desires were. Because of course, as women, we're often told our needs and wants and desires are secondary to everybody else's. And it's not that we don't want to tend to people's needs and tend to people's wants that are in our lives that we love and support, but our needs and desires are very, very critical. And in order for us to really fulfill, I shouldn't even say fulfill because we really don't fulfill the needs of another person, but to be a support and and be in the, I want to say role for some reason, be in the role that they're needing us to be in or, you know, uh, um, desiring from us, we have to be able to fulfill these things in ourselves first. So when you are being the doormat or the damsel in distress and kind of having the expectation that someone else is supposed to come in and save you, the problem there is that you're the only one that can do that for yourself. And when you have that expectation out there, you're going to be constantly let down because no one can really truly live up to that. So what happens is we tend to go into victim mode. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more on the toxic side, but we tend to come into victim mode where we're we're kind of at at the mercy of everything that's happening to us. And so we feel very out of control, like we don't have control over what happens to us and everything is just kind of like the world is against us and not for us when the universe is actually rooting for you so much. So that's kind of the tendency on the doormat side is for us to really kind of go into victim mode and not feel like we have any say in what's going on. And part of not having say is because we don't know how to speak up for ourselves. And this doesn't mean a lot of times when we talk about speaking up for yourself, it almost kind of has like an aggressive tone to it. Like there's something really wrong, like something that's, that's hurting you and we need to speak up for ourselves. And that's not, that can be, that can be the case, but let's look at it from the other side too of where speaking up in your, in things that are powerful for you in things that you love and things that bring you joy. So speaking up in that way too, like, I really love this. I enjoy this. I care about this. You know, we, uh, there was a really great article I read and I've talked about it on shows previously, um, about, um, being the one who cares and not, you know, how it's almost kind of like the cool thing to pretend like we don't care. That's part of being a doormat though. Cause we're not saying what we really care about, whether that's in your business, in a relationship, whether that's a friendship, something platonic or a romantic relationship, we, you know, pretend like we, we don't 
don't care quite too much because we don't want to really put ourselves out there and open our hearts up. And so sometimes being the doormat is an inability for us to express and open our hearts up um, because we're worried we're going to get hurt. And so we kind of just like, just almost a shutdown. So doormat is really kind of a shutdown mode. It's a freeze state. So when we think about it from the like the nervous system perspective, it's really kind of a freeze state because um, you think of a doormat, it just lays there, it does nothing, and people walk all over it. And so it's in freeze mode. We're not able to. It almost kind. Of, it almost kind of feels lethargic to me when I think of that word. It feels lethargic, like we don't have any expression of joy in us. Um, but we almost also don't really have an expression of sadness either. We're just kind of there. We're kind of numbed out and blah. So that kind of feels like the doormat to me. When we go into inability to receive, and this is such an important concept and such an important thing to grasp and learn how to embody, and it takes time and it takes practice because we're not used to allowing things and receiving things in. We tend to put up walls, we put up blocks, we don't want to receive in. And as women also, you know, in the progression of um, empowerment, we've been kind of taught you can do everything yourself. And yes, that is true. And it is also can be very hurtful for us to do everything ourselves and not receive, not be asking for help. I'm totally guilty of not asking for help and being very, very independent and trying to do everything on my own. And it has hurt me physically, mentally, emotionally as well, but has hurt my body physically um, because it's worn me down. It wears me out and I get a lot of fatigue and a lot of exhaustion. And when that starts happening, what I, what I do is, okay, are there areas I'm not receiving where I would... I need to be receiving where I'm giving too much um, or I'm not allowing things to come in. I'm not allowing help to come in. I'm not letting go of things. So it's a really good place. If you are not able to receive, notice how that's affecting your physical body because oftentimes it is notice how it's affecting you mentally. If it's putting a lot of strain on you mentally because you're so giving, giving, giving so much and you're not receiving anything. And yes, it is beautiful to give. It's a wonderful thing to be able to give, but you have to also have have some reciprocation there. You can kind of think about it as checks and um, our withdrawals and deposits in a checking account. So how much are you um, withdrawing and giving out and how much are you depositing? Are you constantly in the red so you're de- completely depleted or is there a balance there where you're able to get yourself back up into the black so there's enough for you to give out again? That's a really good way to look at an inability to receive. An inability to receive causes a lot of exhaustion. Again, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual. It causes a lot of tiredness. But we're taught, of course, it's better to give than to receive. And I'm going to tell you it's both and. (laughs) Again, it's not one or the other is better. It's both and. They're both important things. It's important for us to give, but it's equally, if not more important for us to receive. Then the last one for undeveloped is living in fantasy. And this one, I kind of, you kind of think about this on multiple different levels of just wanting things to be different. You're constantly daydreaming about things, maybe being different or something different that you want, but you're not able to take action. So part of that too there, just to kind of throw that in, is an imbalance in the feminine and the masculine energy. So if you're kind of living in fantasy and not able to take action, 
means you're in undeveloped feminine, but you're also in undeveloped masculine where you're not able to actually act on the things that are that you're visualizing. So you're just living in kind of that fantasy land, wanting things to come to you, wanting things to be different, wanting things to change, but you're unable to do anything with those. And you're wanting somebody to do it for you a lot of the times. And so there's no responsibility there in taking action and taking part in our own lives because we're wanting an external thing to change things. And it's not going to happen. It can give you inspiration but we are the ones who actually have to develop that. So if you're living in fantasy all the time and the easiest one, of course, to go to is waiting for, you know, your prince to come and save you. And I was reading something really interesting um, today. It was an article about being the queen and this is from the queen's code. And I'm not going to talk about this, the book today. I'll talk about it in the future. Um, But it was talking about the difference between a princess and and a queen. And it was saying, you know, like the princess always gets saved by the prince, of course. And then the queen that's involved in the story is either just kind of almost kind of, um, I was going to say off put, but that's not really the right word, uh, maybe distanced. So they're kind of like the wise queen sitting on the throne and they're very intellectual and all of these things, but there's kind of a distance between her and the princess or the queen is like the, the villain. So one of the two. So the queen, either way, doesn't really want anything to do with the princess. And um, so then they're they're saved by the prince. And then they're just kind of, you know, taken care of from there. And there's not any, there's not any reciprocation there. So we're waiting for all this to happen. But then we're distancing ourselves from our true nature by waiting for someone to come and take, take care of everything for us and not participating in what's going on and not participating in that relationship or that business or whatever it is that you're, that you're fantasizing about. So we want to move past living in fantasy into whatever the power is of who you truly are. So when we go into out of balance, leading to toxic feminine energy, these are some of the things that are going to come up. So just again, notice yourself here in this, in this thing. And I can tell you, I've been all of these. (laughs) I absolutely know that everybody out there, men and women, again, because the feminine is not just about women. It's about men and women and just to what degree, what percentage that this is your dominant. And again, most women are usually dominant feminine. So an out of balance feminine energy leading to toxic feminine energy, you would see guilt tripping, judgment, um, manipulation, and using the, um, the terminology, even like the rise of the divine feminine or my feminine energy to actually emasculate yourself um, or other men. Because you can emasculate a woman as well, because we all have that masculine energy. So you can emasculate a woman, but even more so emasculating men. And I actually saw an example of this recently, and I'll get to that in a minute. So if we go back to the beginning, guilt tripping. Um, So why do we put guilt on somebody? A lot of times we are guilt tripping because they're not meeting an expectation they have that we have for them or we have for ourselves. We even, we guilt trip ourselves as well. We put guilt on ourselves for not meeting an expectation. So when we look at what an expectation is, we have to kind of say, okay, where is this coming from? And if you're putting an expectation on another person and they're not able to meet that and you're constantly disappointed, that's not a fault of that person. That's something in you that needs to be addressed. Why are you putting this expectation on that person? Is it something that they can even attain? Is it even feasible for them to get there? And two, if you have an expectation, which is usually an unmet need or desire, 
Are you explaining that need or desire to this person that you place this expectation on? Or are you just thinking in your mind that they should be able to do this, but they don't think the same way you do. They don't process the same way you do. So they're never going to get there. So you're going to be constantly frustrated. Then too, if there is a need, let's say there's an expectation where you're guilting yourself. What is the underlying need that's not being met for you? And can you put words to it? That can be really challenging. I have absolutely been there where I, there's a need. And so I'm making myself feel bad. I'm shaming myself. I'm guilting myself. I know those are two different things, but I'm, I'm putting that guilt on myself because there's a need that's unmet, but I don't even know how to express the need. I maybe just feel it in my body. I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm feeling sad, but I don't really have words for what that need is. So that's a really good time then if you're feeling that, or if you're doing that to someone else to step back and say, okay, what's the underlying need that's not being met here? And how do I put words to that? Sit down and see if you can put words to that. And it may take some time and you may have no idea idea right now. You just know you feel this sense of guilt or you're frustrated and you're guilt tripping somebody else and you just know it's there, but you don't really know what that is. And that's perfectly okay. I've absolutely been there. Then we go to judgment. So this is right along with guilt tripping. Usually judgment is a part of it. So we're judging that other person and then we're putting this guilt on them for whatever it is, behavior, thought, feeling, whatever it is that they're not doing for us. So judgment is kind of the same thing. And when you look, especially with judgment, um, and it's really easy for us as women to kind of go there. Uh, so it's actually kind of a fascinating thing. We tend to do that first and that's a cultural thing. We've kind of set ourselves up that way where we're in judgment and comparison. I'll kind of lump the two together a little bit in judgment and comparison of you know, what that woman is doing, what she's wearing, what she looks like, how she's speaking, how, what her baby behavior is. And we go into judgment and we have, we're not in the empathy zone then, which is a very feminine energy. We're just in the judgment zone, which is of course the toxic side. So we're judging them, i.e. we are judging ourselves. We are all each other. We are all have all the same traits that you see in somebody else are traits within you. Every person you meet is also a mirror of you. Every relationship you're in, every business relationship you're in is a mirror of you. So when we judge somebody else, we do judge ourselves. So if you tend to go towards the judgment side, like you see a woman walking down the street and you're like, oh my gosh, what is she wearing? Why, why does she leave the house like that? I'm guilt, totally guilty of that. So I'm, I'm going to call myself out here too, because I'll do, I'll, you know, go to the judgment side on something, whatever the case might be. And when I start doing that, when I can catch it, cause I don't always catch it when I can catch it, I'm like, okay, what's coming up in me that I'm feeling the need to judge that other person. I'm judging myself right now. So am I judging what I'm wearing? Am I judging the way that I'm being in the world? Am I judging the way that I'm speaking or the way that I'm seeing things? Where is the judgment in myself that I am projecting onto that person outside of me? Because that is me that I'm looking at. So the judgment is a really big one. And it usually almost always stems again from something within us that we hate or something that we really dislike or something that we're um, uncomfortable and trying to hide. Then we judge externally when we've got things in ourselves that really need to be addressed. So that again, there's no judgment here. This is a great time. If you are leaning towards that and you catch yourself doing that on a regular basis, bring that back internal, sit with that. Where are you judging yourself? Where are you sitting in judgment and shame in yourself? Because that's typically what it's stemming from. 
It's not because you're a bad, awful, hateful person. Most of you (laughs) just can guarantee you are not bad, awful, hateful people. But those things are coming out for a reason and they're coming because of something that's inside of you. So it's really great, again, opportunity when you catch yourself to take a look at that and start the healing process. Then we get to manipulation. Um, Manipulation is, is a common a toxic feminine energy trait where we use we're using something to get what we want and this even can kind of go back to the undeveloped the doormat side where we're not able to speak what we need and we're not able to speak it clearly and succinctly and a lot of times that's because we don't really know what we want we don't really know what we need we're kind of going off of patterns of behavior we're going off of old thought patterns, old belief systems, and we're acting those out because of what we've been taught or what we've seen. And we don't really have anything stable and developed within ourselves. So we don't have kind of our own thoughts and our own, um, behaviors to stand on we're going off of past things and that's what brings out the manipulation side so we we're using manipulation to get what we want because we're not able to verbalize succinctly first to ourselves and then to the person that we're manipulating or we're manipulating ourselves in order to get what we need manipulation is always again you can see a pattern here underlying needs that are not being met and an inability to succinctly say what those are in order to for the other person to understand where they're not meeting your expectation or how they can provide for you how they can support you better we're not telling them so instead we have this whole thing in our mind and so we're going to use something to manipulate them and oftentimes women will use in a relation in a romantic relationship will use sex um, will manipulate by withholding um, or you know or withholding is really the big one so let's just leave it there we'll manipulate by withholding withholding affection withholding that that level of intimacy because again, we're not getting a need met we're, and we're not expressing it clearly. And I can tell you the other person is not understanding what it is that you need. And so that's when we feel the need to manipulate. And it doesn't always mean we're doing it in a nasty way. It may be very, very subtle and we're just not really recognizing it, but we're doing something. We're setting something up. We're saying certain things in certain ways in order to get our own personal outcome. The problem is, is that we're, because we're not communicating properly, we have to use those methods. So the last one I want to talk about on the toxic feminine energy side and the out of balance is using the new kind of terminology of the rise of the divine feminine, um, to, to also manipulate and to emasculate. So I saw something really recently, um, where, um, it was on a, video youtube video i was watching and they were discussing this post that a woman had made talking about this relationship she'd had she knew what she was getting into from the beginning uh and kind of was talking about how all of a sudden she realized she shouldn't be treated this way and then the her divine feminine rising and she became very aggressive on on the attack um, to this person that she had been in relationship with and it's not dismissing or you know saying that it was okay the way the things that this other person was doing and behaving and how um, they were treating her however 
she was using those term that terminology in an unhealthy imbalanced way to manipulate and i i do see this kind of the the using of the feminine the using of the divine feminine and something new i've started recognizing i didn't really see it before um using that again in a manipulated in a manipulative fashion to gain a position of power and what it really does is it actually disempowers us when we do that and it Instead of creating that um, co-creation in the feminine and the masculine, it, it actually makes the masculine run and t- turn and run because we are in this the, kind of the gross position of power. And again, it disempowers us when we do that, when we're like, well, my feminine energy is doing this. That's aggressive. And you can even hear that in my voice when I switch that. It's aggressive. And aggressive is not feminine is not the feminine energy it doesn't mean we're passive but we're not aggressive and warlike that's not how we work we are a motive and nurturing and wisdom and it our empowerment comes from that and so when we're you but we can absolutely use that for bad we can use the feminine in a manipulative way we can use the divine feminine to emasculate so emasculate is when you're just really kind of castrating our men cutting them off at the knees you know not treating them as men but treating them as boys who need to be mothered okay so that's another way that we misuse our feminine energy is in like the over mothering and the masculation of our men and I'm going to do a whole other show on that so I'm not going to go any further on that today but you can see how we can use kind of what we're learning here and we can use what we're learning on this show. And as I have guest speakers come in and we learn more and more, we can use that in a way that hurts other people. So we want to learn how to use it in a way that empowers people. And as we start to do that, then we get to the mature embodied feminine energy. So as we start to move past the undeveloped, as we start to move past the toxic, and that doesn't mean those things aren't still going to come up from time to time because they absolutely are. It's part of our conditioning. And in order for us to move past the conditioning, it's rewiring the brain. It's learning a new way to be. And it takes time. It takes time to embody that. It takes time to create those new neural pathways in our brains so that we approach things differently. The thing really to be more conscious of is again, the awareness of how we're being, the awareness of how we're responding to things, the awareness of how we're being and what we're doing in our day-to-day lives. That's how you start to become aware and start to heal these sides and switch the narrative of how you've been in your previous dealings with people and with yourself. So when we move into the mature embodied feminine energy, now we're looking at trusting when we're kind of think back into those other things, the doormat, the inability to receive, inability to receive is putting up a, putting up a wall. It really truly is because we're not trusting what we're being given. Living in fantasy, guilt tripping, judgment, manipulation, all of those things is partially a lack of trust within us of ourselves and the people around us. And there's many, many reasons for this. It could have been things that happened to us as children, things that have happened to us as adults in relationship. There's many, many reasons that we do not trust. And there may be even be things that have nothing to do with you, that you were literally born in with your ancestral DNA. You were literally born in with this lack of trust. And for a lot of us women, we do have that. We have a mistrust of the masculine um, based off of things that might have happened to us, based off of things that happened to our um, ancestry, based off of things that we see today in the media, how things are portrayed. So we have on almost ob- almost immediately a lack of trust all of the time. I know I can feel this in myself where I feel that conditioning come back in and I feel those walls coming up where I'm not trusting the men around me, even though 
in my own personal experience, thankfully, I have not had abuse. I have not had massive harassment and I have not had, you know, um, those type of things happen, thankfully. And I'm extremely grateful. I've had amazing men in my life. Um, so, but a lot of us do have those barriers up and there can be very, very good reasons for that. So as we move into the mature embodied feminine energy, it's developing trust. And again, based off of your history, based off your, off your prior experiences, this can take time. So I'm not telling you to make the big leap from the walls being up to just trusting everything. That's not about that. It's time and development and, um, allowing those walls to come down and there's a level of safety that has to be found within the body in order for us to get there and a lot of times we don't trust because there's a lack of of feeling of safety in our own bodies and that can come again from multiple different things but the nervous system is not ready ready to allow that to happen yet and that is okay so it is okay to not be ready to trust yet it is okay to not be ready to trust that for some, that needs to come out for some reason. So there's somebody listening that it is okay to not be there. It is okay to not be there. The next thing with the mature embodied um, energy is a healthy emotional range. So we don't want to just be in super happy mode all the time. And we don't want to be in, you know, super depressed mode all the time. It's finding that happy medium and finding that balance and allowing the full range of our emotion to be a part of us. So allowing our rage to be a part of us, allowing our anger, allowing our sadness, allowing our joy and everything on the spectrum in between those, allowing all of that to be a part of us and embody us and that we are okay. And again, finding that safe space where we can express those as we need to. And that safe space might be by yourself. It might be with somebody in a professional setting. So with a therapist, it might be with your significant other. It might be with a girlfriend or a male friend where you have the opportunity to um, express the emotion to the full extent of who you are, because all of those emotions are part of you. So we don't want to dismiss or deny that all those emotions are in there and all those emotions need to be expressed at some point. Uh, the ability to express the full range of the motion as they come up and as they need to be processed in whatever way that is for you is a healthy thing for men and for women. Okay, again, the feminine energy, everybody has it. So allowing those full range of emotions. And it's absolutely more difficult for men because they're basically kind of told anger is your only acceptable emotion. And for women, when we're fully expressive in our emotions, then we're considered crazy. And I'm going to tell you that you're not crazy and that anger is not the only emotion available for you. The full range is. But you need to be in a safe space where you don't feel like you're going to be hurt by the person that you're expressing those emotions to. And by being hurt, you can be dismissed, you can be made fun of, you can be told you're crazy, you can be told you're weak. All of those things are the way that we are hurt when we express emotions or you just need to suck it up, you know, stop crying, all of those things. They shut us down and then we go into free state, which can lead us back to doormat. The last one is vulnerability. So the ability to be vulnerable, to be open, to be authentic and express ourselves in that way where we're not putting on masks, we're not shutting down, but we're able to be open from an open heart space. And again, vulnerability doesn't mean sharing absolutely everything about your life, but it's an ability to lead your life from an open heart. Really vulnerability, that's what that means for me. It means being able to lead my life from an open heart space and not shut myself off from the things that are meant to come into my life for me to grow, the things that I'm meant to bring in, the things that I'm meant to be and that I'm meant to do. So vulnerability to me is fully open-hearted, fully open-hearted. So mature embodied energy is trusting 
healthy emotional range, vulnerability. There's way, way more to it, but that's all I'm going to go into today. So those are the things, that's what we're kind of reaching for. That's what we're working our way towards. And again, going back through the full spectrum, there's no judgment as to where you are. And you may find yourself in different areas of your life that you're in different levels of development. That's very, very common. And so what we're of course moving towards is how mature and embodied bringing this into the body that we can be. So a really good developmental practice that you can do for this, um, something really, really simple. And it depends on your nervous system. And I talked about this a few shows ago on burnout and kind of what's going on in the nervous system. Um, And it it is relevant here, even though this is not necessarily about burnout. But knowing what things feel like in your body, that's kind of one of the first places that we start working into the feminine because feminine is is embodiment. It's being in the body. It's being able to move and to feel into what's going on in the body. So a really simple developmental practice you can do working in these phases of the feminine Number one, identify an area in your life or a behavior, maybe a thought pattern uh, where you are feeling undeveloped. So you're feeling maybe you're not able to speak up for yourself or you're not able to receive or you're fantasizing about this thing, but you're not able to really do anything with it. So think of an area or a situation, maybe with a person, maybe in, in your work life, in your business life, with your family, where you're feeling this. Just pick one. Don't, don't do a bunch. Pick one. Then I want you, so I want you to identify it and first just take a moment and feel where that is in your body. Where does that land? So let's just take inability to receive. Where do you feel that? When I feel an inability to receive, when I feel into my body, I feel it like in my, in my gut, like above my belly button. So that would be like your third chakra if you do chakras. So that's kind of where I feel that, like this inability to receive, and that's where it sits. So first I'm going to identify where does that sit in my body? Then what I want you to do is visualize what it would look or feel like if you were able to receive, how does that feel? It might feel scary. It doesn't have to feel good necessarily, especially if you're not used to doing that. It might feel super uncomfortable. So the second step, so number one, identify the area or the thing, thought pattern, whatever it is that's undeveloped. Number two, visualize what it would look like or feel like if it was the opposite. So again, I was receiving is the example I was giving. So if you were receiving, what does that look or look like or feel like? And what does that look like or feel like in your body? Those are the only two things I want you to, I want you to try to fix it. I don't want you to try to do anything with it. This is just becoming aware of it. And that awareness is going to provide you with the insight, wisdom, and intuition of any actions that you are going to take on this. Okay. So awareness is the first step. So identify, then visualize. Where is that at the, those level, those areas of undevelopment and start working towards the maturity, which is trusting emotional range and vulnerability and allow those insights to come to you. And if there's action to take, then your masculine can come online and take you there. All right. I hope that was helpful for you today. I know that's a lot of information to take in, but I think it's really, really critical if you're on this journey to developing the feminine energy to kind of see where you are on the spectrum and start observing and becoming aware and then working into those areas as you feel led. So I love you all so much. Have an amazing rest of the day and I will see you next week.